Celsius at the observatory, 67% humidity. News and weather, RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Jenny Lam. On today's program, we're talking about a rather unusual way students have reacted to a challenging exam paper. Excerpts from Michelle Obama's essays and autobiography were used in the English DSE exam this year, and many students felt her writing was too difficult for them to decipher. Some of them acted out, flooding the former U.S. First Lady's Instagram page with comments and complaints, including derogatory and even racist language. Other users later left comments apologizing for the students' behavior. So how and why did some students choose to react in this way? Is, is it simply about the difficulty of the exam paper, or is this just part of the baggage of our increasingly social media-saturated world? After 9.45, we'll look at the reopening of the new Aberdeen wet market. So let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on 233-88266. Joining our discussion this morning, we have on the line Rizwan Ullah, member of the Youth Development Commission. He's also the Vice Principal of Lorting Hong Secondary School. Also on the program is a Florin Constantine Serban, lecturer at the Baptist University's Department of Communication Studies. And in a moment, we will also be joined by Dr. Mei Lam, founder and president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association and specialist in psychiatry. Good morning to you all and thanks for joining us on the program. Now, like I just mentioned, some of the comments left by students taking the university entrance exam included a derogatory or racist language, which of course I can not repeat on air, but we did voice up some of the reactions to the comments left by other people on Michelle Obama's Instagram page. Let's have a listen. I'm so sorry that Hong Kong DSE students took their anger out on you by insulting you on Instagram. You shouldn't be responsible for their poor anger and failure management. I apologize for their rude and uneducated behavior. Please understand that not all Hong Kongers are like them. I absolutely agree. Being one of the students participating in the DSE, I feel so ashamed. So shocked to read news about Hong Kong public exam students flooding your IG with rude comments. They are just venting their anger on the wrong person for their failure and incompetence. No one true achiever would ever do anything like that. So those are some views expressed on social media about the, the students' behaviour. Dr. Ulla, you're a secondary school vice principal. What was your initial reaction to students who left nasty comments? Well, I think uh, initially I was very uh, shocked and surprised like to, to seeing students venting their anger to, you know, to a person who was totally unrelated to this uh, public exam. I think that was my uh, first shock uh, because similar passages came before as well. I mean, so uh, given, you know, the stage of students, uh, I don't know, like stress level and uh, going through the pandemic in their senior form years. And I think uh, the convenience of social media uh, allowed them to uh, vent uh, this unacceptable uh, behavior on social media. So, Mr. Ala, can you explain why did some of these students find these passages difficult? Well, what I was think, difficult about them? Well, uh, uh, well, actually, I myself, I, I did the paper once, and uh, uh, for the program, I, I did once, 
And uh, I think the text itself, uh, it's not that difficult. Uh, students read carefully. Uh, they will be able to understand the gist of the, the paper. But then I think when I look at the questions, uh, the way the questions they were asked, some of the questions were little challenging. And I think it's normal for, for an examination to discriminate between, you know, the final candidate and uh, the able, the, the okay or uh, acceptable level of students. So I think a few questions were challenging and it's very normal to have these questions in the exam. All right. The level of performances. All right. I, I have a Facebook message here from our listener, T.C. Jung. He says, uh, it's interesting that this year's exam in that uh, instead of asking students to copy words, they're asked to think based on the excerpts of her book. Thus, uh, students are asked to use their knowledge of English and express what they think in it. And this uh, may be difficult because besides English is... Uh, uh, besides English not being their native language and the Hong Kong education system uh, don't encourage people to critically think. But most importantly, uh, says T.C. Jung, students are barking up the wrong tree. Michelle Obama is not the person who designed this exam. They should go after the Hong Kong Examinations and Assessment Authority who came up with such questions. Um, Dr. Ula, uh, what do you think of this comment? Um, do you agree that uh, Hong Kong's education system don't encourage people to critically think? Do you think uh, one of the problems is uh, that uh, English is not the, the student's uh, native language? Well, I, uh, I think I, uh, with, with the comment, I, I only agree with uh, the part that students should not vent their anger on Michelle Obama. But I think I have very strong reservation on the comment with respect to, you know, like uh, uh, the critical thinking part and also... Uh, uh, this, uh, like the, the language competence issue, because uh, like the whole curriculum, I mean, if you look at reading, it's based on, you know, Bloom's taxonomy, like there are different level of questioning inside, and students are allowed in the exam uh, to choose between a B1, I mean, which is an easier section, and B2, a relatively difficult section. If students do the easier uh, section, they'll get level four in the exam, but if they do the difficult one, they can get five, uh, or five double star. So uh, when I look at these questions, I think it's okay and it, it, it's normal to have questions which require students to uh, think and answer. And those questions are indeed for discriminating the candidates, the final one and the last final ones. So, right. Uh, All right. Uh all right, uh, Dr. Ulla, let's, uh, let's uh, go to uh, Dr. May Lam first. Uh, Dr. May Lam, uh, she's the founder and president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association and specialist in psychiatry. Good morning, Dr. Lam. Good morning. Um, thanks for joining us on the program. So why do you think uh, the students even uh, think of doing that? I mean, leaving uh, comments, uh, complaints on Michelle Obama's uh, Instagram page, and, and she didn't even uh, write the exam paper. Right, okay. Now, uh, I guess, like, um, you know, with the examinations, uh, if the questions that popped up to be very unpredictable, like something that they did not expect, and, uh, you know, then they got very angry, like, instead of, um, you know, uh, you know, instead of, like, um, you know, reflecting on, you know, what things, uh, like, what area they should, um, you know, to, to uh, improve, maybe it's quite easy for them to display their anger to, you know, um, the origin of um, that piece of article. And it happens to be, you know, Michelle Obama. And that's why people started leaving, you know, messages, you know, just to display anger. Because, like, from the student's perspective, 
you know, they studied very hard and, uh, you know, they put so much effort into this. And this is one of the most important, oh, actually the most important exams for their entire secondary uh, life. Okay. Now they're deciding to, you know, to enter to which university this is very important for them. Now, if some questions like, um, you know, that uh, popped up to, to be something that they did, did not expect at all and they weren't prepared for it. And of course, you know, they have to blame, you know, they have to display their anger to something external rather than something internally to reflect on themselves. So I think it's not uncommon, you know, then they will leave messages, you know, uh, expressing a lot of anger, disappointment, you know, targeting on something external. And it happens to be, you know, uh, a former you know, um, the the, uh, the first lady of the former U.S. president. And I guess, um, yeah, I think this is why, you know, they uh, they talked about all this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's put some context into this. So the passages we're talking about, there, there are two of them. One of them is um, an essay that Michelle Obama wrote on Mother's Day, and it's largely about what she thought of her mother and her great aunt. And then the other one from her book, Becoming, which uh, I have to say, it, I love this book. Okay. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a recollection of a, a, a grown woman about her childhood of learning uh-huh. piano and her her um, impression of her great aunt as a very strict person. Mr. Allah, you've seen the paper. Can you tell us which question did you regard as being tricky for the students? Um, Mr. Allah? Yes, can you hear me? Your line is breaking up a bit. but Maybe we can try and call you back. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's just go back to... Uh, Dr. Lam first. Yeah. Dr. Lam. So let's go back to um, earlier, right at the start of the program, I played uh, one, of, one of the comments left on Instagram page and, uh, um, and, and uh, it said that uh, the students were just uh, blaming others for their own failure. Do you think that's the attitude mm-hmm. common among young people these days? Oh, well, I, I should say it's not just about young people. I think, like, uh, you know, naturally, if someone, like, um, you know, someone didn't do well, I think for their own psychology, it's so easy to externalize, to display their anger to something external. Because, like, if, like, um, this is also a stage of the emotion, how they coping with, like, how, how they cope with something unexpected and unpredictable. Like, it's quite a normal reaction, of course. Like, instead of what we would suggest would be reflecting on themselves, what they would have done better and so forth, the immediate response would be, you know, to, to displace this externally. So to blame on something outside. So like, um, I think initially it, it's quite common. But then, of course, like, um, you know, I think, you know, um, you know, every experience is experience. I think, you know, this should be a learning process uh, for the students and also like, um, but then I think that it's going to take some time. And uh, I guess in particular, the young people, uh, because we know that like, um, for example, the young people these days, I think over the past, you know, uh, 10, 20 or 30 decades, I think overall, like, um, you know, um, the economy, like uh, overall is, is quite stable. I think compared with older generations, for example, uh, like, um, you know, in the 50s, 60s or 70s, I think life is relatively uh, better for the youngs. And also I think the parents are relatively more educated compared with, um, you know, the older days in Hong Kong. Now, uh, a lot of um, a lot of the things that we see nowadays in the young, young people, you know, maybe the parents are relatively... I should say, like the resources are better uh, to a certain extent because they're more educated, more protective. Maybe a lot of things have been arranged and done by their parents. And to the extent that, you know, for, you know, um, 
you know, the the, the students or, or the younger generation, you know, they they tend to blame on others, you know, uh, as the immediate reaction. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, just before this question, we were asking Zala exactly what was the question that the students found so tricky? Uh, well, uh, I tried to look at the, uh, I mean, I did the paper, and actually I myself, I circled at least four questions, which I myself, I, uh, I have to think a little while before I was confident to write the answer. So there was one question, uh, 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 question 49, which was asking students to make reference to the situation and uh, uh, elicit her mother's uh, possible reaction. And then there's another one was uh, question 53, where uh, a scenario was given and then you have to find examples from the text. And then I think for me, the challenging question uh, 63 was also a challenging question because I need to characterize the uh, Michelle's personality and find an illustration. So these require some time to think and I cannot get the immediate answer. So on a whole, like uh, if I look at the design of the paper, if you have some challenging question, it's pretty normal and it's, I think it's okay if students read a little carefully and okay. be a little confident they can work on it. Okay, so can you give me an example that this, uh, a question that's easy for the students? Uh, okay. Well, there, there are some multiple choice questions inside, like, for example, question 50, 51, asking the purpose uh, of, like, why Michelle would be asking a lot of questions, and you can easily rule out uh, when you read the multiple choice. It's very straightforward. And then uh, there are some true, false, not given questions. You look at a specific paragraph, like 52, you look at paragraph 5, and there's some statements, and you usually decide whether those are true, false, or not given. So if I look at these kind of questions, I think... If there are some difficult questions, there are also straightforward questions inside. So are you saying that, that the multiple choice or true or false questions are easy and when the students are actually asked to write something, they find that hard? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think sometimes, it's, yeah, sometimes the students are, like what I uh, understand is sometimes when you ask the students to step out of their comfort zone and write in their own words or paraphrase something, uh, this is the part where students require more training. Well, really, I mean, university entrance exam, like, like finding writing a short paragraph is hard, really? Is, is that what uh, you're saying? Well, well I mean, if you, if you look at the text, like the text, and you need to paraphrase it and uh, analyze the situation, and given that time constraint, there are some, challenge, uh, some challenges. Okay. Um, I mean, on the whole, I mean, if you look at the whole paper, so if you have some of these questions, it's perfectly fine. I mean, if, I, if, I, if you ask me, like, uh, looking at the DSE for English exam, which I've been following for some years, like, in 2014, there was an article about Stephen, Stephen Fry, and that the text was difficult, but the questions were, were easy. So uh, we cannot say that uh, there has never been question of similar type or text of uh, uh, this level of difficulty before. As a school principal, um, you, you, so you just explain what are the easy questions and what are the difficult questions. How many percent of your students do you think can uh, competently answer these so-called more difficult questions by simply writing a short paragraph that involves critical thinking? How many percent of your students do you think can do that? Well, I, I mean, well, uh, I have talked to, uh, I didn't have that number with me, but uh, since they, they have taken the exam and we don't have the data to look at, 
But uh, I've asked a few qu- uh, students, I mean, like, hey, uh, how was that uh, text, Michelle Obama? Text? And I say, sir, you just need to, the, the text was uh, easy to understand, but we just need to be a little more careful when we answer the question. So this is the, the, the value or one of the exam strategies that we need to uh, instill in our students. Because, I mean, if you look at the whole English exam paper, like reading uh, is comprised of 20%. You have other areas to look at and get back the score. And getting a five will not be, you know, if you are marginal five, you're, uh, then you, you might be in trouble. But if, if you're doing very well with come up and down, you, still, you will still do well. Right. Because it's criterion reference the exam paper. Uh, and Dr. Ulla, do you, do you think, I mean, do you think um, the COVID pandemic has uh, had any impact? I mean, when we look at uh, English proficiency of uh, these students, do you think maybe a few years ago, English proficiency of uh, Hong Kong students was uh, better and they, they could have uh, done better with, with a paper like that? Well, I think it's not only the uh, English exam paper. I think uh, generally across all, all papers, I think students who have uh, who missed face-to-face lessons because of pandemic. I think all students are affected in different subjects and different learning areas also, not necessarily only in English. Right. And, and earlier, um, I was asking uh, Dr. Lam about uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the comments I played at the beginning of uh, this discussion where um, the, the uh, comment basically said uh, students were just blaming others for their own failure. And uh, mm-hmm. I asked uh, Dr. Lam about uh, this attitude and she said it's common not just among young people, but uh, uh, among adults as well. Um, when we talk about young people, Dr. Ulla, you, you're also a member of the Youth Development Commission. Is this kind of attitude worrying? Uh, well, uh, I would look at it like this. Uh, we have to work on the positive thinking of the students. And the government has rolled out uh, initiatives of positive thinking, resilience training, and all these things, these activities to help our young people to be more resilient. And this is something we, we will work on. So if this is an issue, we work on it. I will not look at it from a worry angle. I think, oh, okay, it's like this. We need to face this and help our young people. Um, Dr. Lam, do you think that young people nowadays are less resilient than previous generations and therefore they need this kind of training that Mr. Allah is suggesting? Right, okay. Now, uh, I I don't have data about the current, you know, students' resilience, but I think over the past few years, I mean, globally and also like locally, because we've gone through a pandemic and so forth. Now, I I do think that it's very important. Like, there are always challenges and difficulties in life, including like uh, unpredicted, you know, exam questions that pops up. Now, there is no, from, from my perspective, like, uh, of course, I'm also teaching, like, I'm also a professor in university. I teach, you know, um, university students, examiners. I think there, there are no uh, difficult uh, questions. I mean, difficult questions are only there to differentiate the very top students. And, you know, and also there are easy questions to differentiate the pass and fail. Now, talking about that, there are always, like, challenges in life. It is important to build up to equip our people, like especially the young people, how to face challenges. And also, I think, of course, uh, what I mentioned initially, you know, because this is what not what this is not what they expected, they'll feel angry. And to the extent even to display their anger, to, you know, to leaving some negative comments in, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And which is not 
uh, of course, this is uh, very disappointing and this is not something that they should do. However, they should also take the negative experience or, you know, take, you know, um, uh, these experiences as, uh, uh, you know, uh, to equip themselves, you know, to as a life challenges so that, you know, to equip themselves how to face the ongoing challenges and challenges in life. Yeah. It's not talking about just a score. A mark in the DSE, of course, this is something very, you know, important for them. But it's about talking about, you know, the challenges in life. How are they going to face all the challenges? Because, like, talking about marks, it's just the, you know, what university you get into and what kind of life you have after secondary school. But the ongoing is talking about not the IQ, but the EQ. How well are you emotionally to deal with all the challenges? Uh, you know, all the, you know, exams, you know, ahead of you in your life. So so what do you think, uh, like the students' behaviour, writing on uh, Michelle Obama's uh, uh, Instagram page, what do you think that kind of behaviour tells us about uh, um, the way young people face uh, challenges right now in their life? Well, um, of course, they're angry. And they, I mean, like, instead of, uh, like, reflecting on themselves, you know, uh, they display their anger to other people. And instead of, you know, maybe they expect, like, I, I don't know, maybe they expect, like, exams are easy, but a lot of exams, especially, like, uh, we talk about specialists and doctors' exams, they're hard. Like, the failing rate is always higher than the passing rate. Now, of course, like, um, you know, they're not prepared for this, okay? And then they're upset, they're angry, and that's why they displace their anger. Now, of course, I mentioned this is normal reaction, not just about young people. It's about, you know, everyone, because if uh, there's something that doesn't go into your way, it's so easy to uh, to display that externally so, so that you blame on something else and you internally, you feel better. However, this, you know, this is not correct. This is not right. And I mean, the whole action. And eventually, I think these students should be guided, you know, eventually, you know, towards, uh, you know, uh, having the better understanding of themselves and how well they can equip or, you know, to, uh, to have a set of tools to face the ongoing challenges in life, which is more important than, you know, the immediate, you know, next few years, what are you going to do in tertiary or, you know, getting a job and so forth. So I think um, those are very important. But of course, the initial reaction is understandable, but it's disappointing. And, uh, you know, and hopefully these uh, students with proper guidance from, you know, uh, from their mentors, uh, from the teachers or from parents, eventually or even from professional, you know, they can take this negative experience to, to be something positive, something, a set of tools that they can face with the ongoing challenges. Right. Mm. I, I'm not an expert, but usually, I mean, when you talk about uh, people blaming um, other factors for, for what happened to themselves, usually they blame something that's directly related. But in this case, it's uh, not really, is it? I mean, is that very unusual? Well, I, I guess I, I'm not quite sure. Maybe you have to, uh, like, you have to uh, give me more information. Uh, like the article, I guess uh, the article, the student search it is from uh, the former first lady, like um, from Michelle Obama. And I guess because they had no one to blame, you know, they, they could not blame for anyone else, like uh, externally. So, you know, they target, they find a target and they start blaming the target. And I think that is also the power of social media, because when one student started or someone started initiated the comments, you know, all the people with similar kind of, uh, you know, anger, you know, they feel good, you know, I mean, they are for themselves to display the anger, they add on to a comment. And I think like we all know that over the past few years, I think like, um, you know, a lot of things in the social media, you know, you can do it. 
you know, with a mask on. Like you don't have to. Like if you have to say something in front of the person, you might not be able to say it. But doing on screen, people are, you know, very, you know, brave to do whatever that they want to do. Yet at the same time, internally, they feel better because they got so upset. This is something unexpected. They didn't expect it to happen. They didn't do well in the in the exam. And now there is a target for them to blame on, for them to display their anger. Now, to a certain extent, like from the psychology point of view, they do feel better because now that they have something to blame on because they feel, uh, you know, um, uh, a target. And uh, we also know that, like, you know, social media, sometimes, you know, this kind of uh, atmosphere or the kind of feeling can be very contagious, you know. All right, uh, Dr. Lam, hold, hold your thought there for a moment. You talked about uh, the power of social media. That's uh, something that we can discuss right after the news. Uh, we have to take a quick break for the news. Um, uh, and uh, we'll be joined uh, after the news by Florence Serban, a lecturer from the Baptist University's Department of Communication. And uh, if you're Tuning in and you want to ask our guests questions or just uh, share your views on today's topics, you can leave a message on our Facebook page at Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And here's a quick look at the weather. Mainly cloudy, bright periods during the day with a top temperature of around 23 degrees. Right now it's 21 degrees, relative humidity 65%. <music> It's now 9.30. With a new summary, here's Todd Harding. The Family Planning Association says its new cervical screening service has a higher sensitivity for earlier detection of precancerous lesions. The association launched the service yesterday for women aged 30 and above. Joe Biden has opened his re-election campaign with a promise to finish the work he started. Mr Biden is the oldest candidate ever to seek the US presidency. And shares in the San Francisco-based bank First Republic have fallen nearly 50% as investors question its future. On Monday, it reported it had lost more than 40% of its deposits in the first quarter of this year. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. There are reasons to be happy everywhere you go in Hong Kong. Enjoy local and global cuisines and have fun along the way. Get immersed in the world of light, shows and carnivals. Joyful moments for all. Want to explore special bazaars? They are just around the corner. Pop culture? Victoria Harbour is our stage. Happiness is all around you. Come and join us. Taste the joy, share the fun. Happy Hong Kong. In times of tropical cyclones, rainstorms or extreme conditions, employers and employees should make prior work arrangements, including rules on going to work, staggered releases, resuming work, working from home and making proper arrangements for employees who still have to be on duty during inclement weather. Employers should be considerate and adopt a flexible approach, ensuring employees' rights and safety. To learn more, please refer to the relevant code of practice on labor.gov.hk. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Wednesday morning with Jenny Lam and me, Janice Wong. Still with us on the programme is Rizwan Ola, member of the Youth Development Commission, and uh, Dr. May Lam, founder and president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association. And joining us now is Florin Constantine Serban, lecturer at the Baptist University's Department of Communication Studies. Good morning, uh, Dr. Serban. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, before I um, ask you a question, I've got a, a Facebook message here from a listener, and uh, it says, uh, "All right, I have a 
and it's from Eileen and uh, says uh, students' behavior in attacking Mrs. Obama on her Instagram page is unacceptable. Mrs. Obama did not set the exam paper. If anyone is to be uh, to be to be blamed, it is the authors of the exam paper. They chose the text. I'm appalled at how they chose to berate the former first lady. As an English teacher, I have always advised my students to read to broaden their horizons. However, as most students seem to do nowadays, they get their information from social media. So, um, Dr. Serban, I mean, do you think social media is to uh, blame? Hello, Florin. Hello, Dr. Serban. Obviously, um, we have a problem with the line. Oops. All right, uh, we'll try and get... Yeah, maybe I can add something. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, please. sure, go ahead. Yeah, actually, I just wanted to go back. Uh, there's, there's a point I want to make on the record. I think, first of all, I think uh, uh, in this program, like for the 45 minutes, let's not uh, carry one message is that we have to blame all the current Form 6 students because some of them did not do anything wrong. And also, when I read the messages uh, personally on the uh, IG, some of the messages actually are not, I, uh, like what I can tell is not the current Form 6 students, are people who who are actually those uh, people who are just the spectators who, who are actually seeing the response and then they, they add and chip in their comments. So that's the first thing I want to, you know, I don't want to, uh, there's some hardworking students and uh, uh, very uh, uh, civil-minded students. Oh, and of then, course, of course. I'm yeah, sure the majority of them are like that. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then the second thing, uh, I, 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 I think this time uh, the, the text itself uh, was, you know, uh, about a famous person. And it's suppose if this one was about someone we don't really know, and then basically the reaction would not have been like that. And I, I agree with the comment just now of uh, I, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, I, the English teacher. It's, you know, as teachers, we have to expose our students to a wide variety of genre and cultivate their habit of reading different text type and genre so that, you know, uh, they will be uh, ready when they see different type of text type coming in the exam. And I'm sure uh, the uh, HKEAA, when, when they do the uh, examiner's report uh, or the, the, the design review, they, they will take some comments into this situation as well. So I think uh, uh, as teachers, like, I mean, what, what, what we should do is use this example and scenario to actually uh, enhance our students' media literacy on the correct value they should have and so that, you know, uh, they will know how they should react and how they should behave uh, or they can share their thoughts of their peers and, you know, uh, of this incident. This is something that we probably can do as teachers. Mm -hmm. Florence Urban, you uh, research on media sociology. Do you think because nowadays um, so many young people only read social media. Um, it has an impact on their ability to read longer pieces of text. I wouldn't go that far. And I think at the end of the day, we should see social media in general as a facilitator, right? Uh, I think the root cause is that uh, uh, anger that uh, Dr. Lamb was uh, uh, talking about uh, earlier. And at the end of the day, social media is allowing them to express themselves, to uh, have a voice out there. And that's uh, quite easy to do, right? Because uh, social media is our fingertips, is at our fingertips. And at the end of the day, it's very easy 
to reach out to uh, someone who resides in uh, Washington, D.C., and to vent out your anger. But at the end of the day, I think the root cause is that people uh, uh, have this anger and they find it so easy uh, to, uh, to go after one person and another. And I think it's also very interesting to uh, look at uh, the entire ecology, right, of uh, 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 what happened there, because we, we had a sort of like a mob mentality, if you want. I'm exaggerating a bit, of course. Uh, but you had a lot of people who uh, went after Michelle Obama, and then you had a lot of people who went to do the cleaning part, right, and to say, hey, uh, we apologize. We are, um, uh, you know, we are Hong Kongers. We are not like that. We are uh, much better than uh, uh, it seems now. So that's uh, definitely very interesting. But at the end of the day, social media will not make us better or worse than we are. It will just give us a chance to uh, expose ourselves, to voice our opinions. And, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes it sounds that uh, we are very vocal, but uh, there's another root cause, I believe. So social media is uh, not to blame for this kind of behavior? No, I think it puts it, puts it out there, right? At the end okay. of the day, uh, social media is like a display, if you want, where we can go and uh, put uh, out uh, all our uh, frustrations, our anger. But at the end of the day, it's not making us more different than we are, right? Because uh, uh, when people have the anonymity, we can talk about that uh, uh, if you want, the anonymity of social media and Instagram is a platform uh, where at the end of the day, you know, you don't have to disclose your full name. You don't have to, uh, you don't need to have your uh, ID photo, right? So people under a username can just go and say uh, bad things because they feel they can get away with that. Right, but when you, right? when you, when you think about it, this, uh, this wouldn't have happened before the existence of uh, social media. I mean, uh, I can't imagine students sending Michelle Obama real letters through the post, right? Exactly, but at the end of the day, we don't know whether they, they, they would have thought that, right? Maybe they were thinking that, ah, Michelle Obama, she's such a bad person for uh, putting me through all this uh, stress right now with the exam, right? So we, 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 we couldn't have known before, but now we know. We, we see people going, gathering together, uh, and uh, saying uh, uh, positive or negative things, right? So uh, I would see it more as a, as a display. It's, it's, it's easy, right? But again, it's allowing us to display our good side or the bad side. So, That's so, why right, so. we, we had the people who, who had positive comments afterwards. Yeah, so you're basically you're saying that um, social media allows a mob mentality but without being accountable. Um, do you, what, what, what do you think this does to um, not just young people, but people in general? We've, I mean, you know, I can tell you what it does. We've, we've, seen, we've seen all kinds of, you know, activism, even revolution. You know, January the 6th in the United States was essentially about that. Um, in your research, what are some of the uh, measures that can counter this kind of mob mentality without accountability? Yeah, we need to go back to what Dr. Uh, Wula was saying earlier, right? Uh, media literacy. We uh, don't discuss enough about it. Nowadays, everyone is equipped with a smartphone, with an internet connection, right? We uh, have the voice. We have the power to uh, express ourselves. And I think we need to discuss a bit more in a, a, a social uh, space, like, like in schools, about what kind of power we have and what kind of responsibilities we should have when we have these uh, uh, tools at our fingertips. And yes, at the end of the day, it allows for activism. But, you know, compared to uh, 40, 50 years ago, the kind of activism that we see online is uh, uh, growing up very fast, but it's also fading out very quickly as well, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, there are trending topics. They can trend in a direction for one day, and then the next day we go to, uh, uh, to uh, another subject. So the media cycle, if you uh, want to look at it uh, uh, this way, it's much more rapid than it was in the past. 
so that's that's what social media will uh, will uh, do to us. Right. And Dr. Lam. Yes. Dr. Lam, just now, uh, Dr. Serban here is saying that uh, social social media is making it easier for for um, uh, people to uh, f- follow the bandwagon on social media. Do you, do you think? Uh, um, what do you think of that comment? Uh, so, sorry, I lost. Uh, I lost uh, the line. Please. Uh, oh right. Uh, earlier, earlier, Dr. Serban, he was talking yes. about uh, um, how social media is making it easier to uh, for for people to follow the bandwagon. Do you uh, do you agree with that? Right. Okay. Now, I think definitely, um, you know, social media would make it easy for people to express themselves. And as what was mentioned, you know, earlier, I think uh, it, it has a positive and negative way. Now, I think like with the advancement in technology, you know, I think it's a good thing. But then overall, maybe also in social media, we talked about like the vulnerability, you know, doing things behind the screen and not having your identity sometimes. Maybe, you know, uh, we also need to equip the the people using social media to be respectful to other people, you know, uh, you know, and so forth, you know, uh, the responsibility as what was mentioned earlier before, you know, how to, you know, the boundary and being respectful. And I think like, I, I think that is something, you know, um, that, that, you know, we can do. And again, you know, of course, using social media, sometimes, you know, is, um, you know, it is, um, you know, it's, it's fast and also it can be positive if, if, if it's used in a positive way. Mm. Dr. Lam, um, Dr. Serban also pointed out that um, social media, what it, what it really allows you to do is to 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 follow a mob mentality um, without being, you know, by staying anonymous. Do you feel that um, anonymity on social media is a negative thing, Dr. Lam? Well, um, well, I, I guess like. Um, it could be negative as what I was mentioning earlier, like, uh, because sometimes, like, um, for example, talking about these uh, exam questions on, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, like the instant response in some moments for some people uh, is quite, you know, natural. They're angry. Okay. Now, for one person, if they started, you know, making some comments, a lot of people, they feel a similar way, maybe not to the extent to be as angry as that initial person. You know, they can add on comments. And, you know, to a certain extent, you know, if, um, you know, people, you know, uh, it, you know they, they become so angry, angry and because it's anonymous, then they can say things or do things that they normally wouldn't do if this is in reality, in the real person, in front of the person. Now, I guess, you know, this is the danger. This is the vulnerability of, you know, um, how the escalation of anger or escalation of a negative feeling, you know, uh, to a certain extent. So I think that is important. It's something to be looked for. And But I, I also think that, you know, eventually, because, um, you know, this is the way it goes with the technology and so forth. And I think, you know, uh, even on social media, we have to find ways as to help to, you know, um, let our generation know that, you know, we need, also need to be respectful, you know, um, during, you know, during interaction, you know, um, uh, expressing yourself. Mm. Uh, is, you know, it's an idea. I don't know how to do it. But then uh, I guess, you know, uh, that should be the direction. And of course, because it's anonymous, then a lot of people can say things and do things. And that will also arouse other people's emotion. Like, it can be contagious, you know, some right. kind of feeling fear, anger, and so forth. Yeah, Dr. Ala, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously all this anger is, is, is partly, well, probably totally, a result of exam stress. What are schools actually helping students 
um, to manage the stress at this time? Uh, well, uh, apart from, you know, the uh, working on students' exam uh, strategies, how to cope with uh, exam stress, I think the other thing that we, we will continue to work on is, uh, you know, mindfulness, mental wellness, and uh, also, most importantly, uh, the media literacy. So these are a few things that the school, you know, uh, are doing and will continue to do it and use this as an opportunistic education to other students in the school as well. Right. And how, and how will you follow up um, on this? I mean, will you, will you actually do the paper again with the students in, in school? Well, uh, students will do the paper in one way or the other because it's, an exam, it's a good exam paper. Uh, but more importantly is, I think, uh, using this as a case, as part of the value education, this will be something good that uh, schools school should, should do and, uh, and, uh, uh, and tell students what the right value is. Right. And just now, Dr. Lam also, uh, she, she pointed out the need to uh, teach uh, students to be uh, more respectful in, in uh, voicing their, their views. Um, I'm sure like most students are, but Dr. Ulla, how, how can we do that? How can we make sure or how can we make sure yeah, our, our students are respectful when they you express know, their views? Honestly, if you bring, bring up this case, the context, the background for students, and you ask students to be in various scenarios, like if you were the if you were Michelle Obama, how you would felt, and if you were the DSE students, and if you have these sort of role play or discussion in the process, students get the message. Our students, the, the students are very smart. They are young people, so if we just need to tell them a little more on how they should cope with their uh, uh, their emotions and don't jump on a bandwagon and be a responsible media user. I'm sure the message will get across and get, get on board. Can I just ask, what exactly uh, are schools doing in terms of teaching media literacy right now? In your school, for example, what, what are uh, they being well, taught? Uh, well, we are, uh, te uh, for example, uh, we look at, you know, if you're using uh, like, uh, uh, like what cyberbullying is, and, you know, for example, don't be a bystander and don't be a silent uh, individual. If you see some bullying things happening, you should voice out and all these sort of things. And gradually we'll be looking at, you know, uh, how to uh, protect uh, your identity, avoid being scammed, and all the way down to, you know, uh, respecting uh, the, uh, the user, the other users. So all these things are down the line. And, you know, to a higher level, uh, asking students to, you know, uh, when you deal with news, like sometimes some news are fake news, how you can, you know, work with, the, uh, like how you should look at those news. So these are, uh, a continuum, a wide spectrum of things that, you know, we have to let our students know. And it's one of the uh, priority in, uh, uh, in, in schools. All right. Uh, all right, Dr. Ola, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's Rizwan Ola, member of the Youth Development Commission. Many thanks also to Dr. May Lam, a founder and president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association, and Florence Serban, a lecturer at the Baptist University's Department of Communication Studies. It's now 9.47, and in a moment, we'll find out more about the reopening of the new Aberdeen market. 25 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello, I'm Michael Wong, the Deputy Financial Secretary. For the past 95 years, our THK has shared a common journey with Hong Kong people. Going forward, 
I trust that RTHK will continue to provide Hong Kong with more programs that are rich in content and that can move our hearts. 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 years. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. The newly revamped Aberdeen Market is now back in business with dozens of stores opening its doors today as the first of four market modernization projects. Apart from centralized air conditioning, the new market also has many new facilities. To tell us more, we're now joined on the line by Samuel Wong, Project Officer of Designing Hong Kong. Good morning, Mr. Wong. Hi, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Now, I just mentioned centralized air conditioning. Can you tell us uh, more about some of the other upgrades? Yeah, uh, because uh, actually like the, this uh, new upgrade market will have the first green activity facility in Hong Kong, which is the first time that we think that there is a recycling facility installed in the perfect wet market. Right. Uh, also, also this... Uh Part of this recycling in this wet market is to recycle those um, hundreds of uh, styrofoam boxes. Can you explain how that's done? Oh yes, uh, because like actually we thought like uh, we have done a survey in the public waste market in Hong Kong before, and then we saw that there are lots of waste generated by the market user, like uh, and then we uh, have uh, we so we when we found out that there's the Aberdeen market have the uh, modernization program, uh, we have submitted a proposal to the FBHT to ask them to uh, increase like the waste and recycling facilities capacity in the market, and later on Paul like he's also from Design Hong Kong have. Uh, his sitting in the Southern District Council, so he has actually also suggested and raised some issue in the District Council, and later on we have uh, like notified from the FHD that actually the new market will include the first recycling facility, the Green Community, which could serve like the, 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 to, to recycle the, uh, the waste and recyclable from the market, as well as for the, like, the general recyclable items like bottles, cans, or paper from the general public. Can you can can you expand a little bit, elaborate a little bit? What happens to these styrofoam boxes when they're put in that uh, recycling store in this new Aberdeen market? Oh, they have like a new uh, machine. They can like help to uh, impress the like the all these recyclables, so they can be as uh, and like stay uh, to keep in the specific room in the market to hold the place because like from what we see now like like from others wet market we can see that they are all putting like on the street on the corridor which we have found like, like receive a lot of complaint from the uh, general public about like how like they were disturbing their way and also like, producing other hygiene program so like uh, with the new like facilities installing they will have a contractor to help to that sort out this kind of problem and we wish to see like a more clean and tidy market which can attract more people to using it and also bringing more people to recycle. Right, apart from styrofoam, what else can be, what else can be recycled there? Uh, it's like uh, the normal organic green activity facility, like like the, the recyclable from home, like papers, can, uh, plastic, and even like some small electric appliance, which is like uh, same as uh, the operation would be same as like like the other recycling store uh, around Hong Kong nowadays. Obviously, a lot of the um, rubbish from a market is the organic produce. Have you thought about yeah. doing something about that? 
yes. Uh, actually, like uh, apart from like the like the packages from the market, uh, the government has also some other schemes to help collecting the food waste, like the the leftover from the market. So we believe like the new like collaboration between the HEFD and also the EPD in the market can help to reduce the waste produced by the by the market operation and we are happy to see like there will be more similar recycling facilities uh, in the other markets in the later time. All right. So like I mentioned at the beginning, Aberdeen Market is a, a part of the government's uh, market modernization program. Yes. And uh, there'll be three other markets that will also uh, get um, their upgrades. Um, will, will those uh, three markets also have this uh, recycling uh, facility? Yes, actually, we have uh, kept contact with like the uh, the FHD and EPD about the, the progress of the other market under the modernization scheme. Uh, at the moment, like they're still under planning because, like, uh, current city and uh, current city west market will be like part of the URA uh, renovation and uh, redevelopment project. So they are still under discussion now on their schedule. But uh, we have also done some research and um, in those markets, and then we found out that actually more than half of the store operator also wants to include this kind of facility and nearly 80% of the like, customer actually agree with their proposal and they are happy to uh, to have this kind of facility because some people say that there's actually some difficulty for them to re- uh, recycle their material and they think that is actually a good way to do it at the same time in their shopping routine. Yeah, uh, sorry to go back to the styrofoam boxes but I just remember in the middle of COVID there was that nightmare of all the styrofoam boxes piling up outside wet market wet market because they couldn't go back into the mainland yeah um so now in this wet market after you've collected them what happens to the boxes do you do Uh, you recycle them on site what what happens to them like uh, under the contract uh, and tenders from the EPD and the uh, Greenland community, actually they will have some contractors to help them to sort out. And usually they will have some like storage uh, nearby and then they will keep it and then they will send it to the uh, 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 to the sites. They will uh, help to sort out different recycling items. So they will usually like clean them like every one or two days every day and uh, then, then tenders and the contractor have to sort it out and yeah solve the problem instead of like just putting in the on the street and causing other issues. Yeah, you sort it out meaning send the boxes back into the mainland. Uh, it actually depends on the uh, how the contractor do their way, but they like their contracts under the supervisor and under the monitoring from the government. Right. And uh, I mean, when we talk about recycling, um, just like plastic bottles, I mean, they, they usually I mean, we need to rinse them out, make sure they're clean. Is this a uh, process more difficult at wet markets? Uh, it would be the same uh, system like uh, uh, it's uh, actually uh, from like our own experience in other Greenland community, they can they have some facility have to uh, you can use their facility to have, have clean the bottle, and then you can just throw it in the box from the like for the water bottle. They have also divided like the plastic into bottles and other plastic. So usually it's not a really complicated job to do the recycling. It's an easy way, and the staff is also always friendly and helpful to teach you and assist you to do the recycling. So is a is a program to educate the vendors on you know before you put the, your plastic in the storeroom you have to do certain things and do you think that's workable I mean they're busy these people. 
Uh, I think it could be it could be a become a habit for people. Actually, it may take you like a little bit more time to separate. But uh, if you are doing like every day or like a weekly pro- a routine, it could be a very easy job to use to get done. And also, actually, the Green Night community also have a lot of educational program in the nearby uh, community. So I think it's a good example for people. Like everyone, just take one more step to make like recycling more like. Uh, Compatible in Hong Kong. I mean, I understand. Like for for、uh, dry goods, I mean that that should be、uh, more more. I mean, easier. But、uh, what about、yeah. like for、um, fish stores、uh, or like meat stores? I mean, would that be more difficult for them to take part in this、uh, recycling process?、Uh, actually, we are still like looking forward to see how they operate with the store owners in the market because like the Green Lake Aberdeen will be open in May. They are still in under preparation. So、uh, we are still not yet sure like how they operate with the store owner, but we will keep like monitoring it and try to get more survey and understanding on how their operation in real. But、uh, from what we've seen, like our own experience, because nowadays actually、uh, the store owners already will try to clean some of the like can be reusable material in their store and I、uh, like leave it in the store for the other people to、uh, to recycle the item. So we think that they already have some kind. Of sense of to have to clean it and recycling the reusable item, so we hope they will keep their practice. Like even maybe there are some new ten, a new new operator in the new market, but we hope like this kind of old habit can be still keep in the new market and maybe. With the assistance from the green community, they can be further improved and even have a better recycling rate. Is there a goal of expanding this kind of recycling scheme to other markets eventually? Maybe all of the markets. Oh, we definitely want to see that. So actually, we also some some survey, and we are we will talk keep talking with the、uh, EPD and FBHT to see how they can include more recycling facility, not only in the renovated like market under the modernization scheme, but maybe even for other market with high vacancy rates. Right, and apart from the recycling facilities,、uh, Mr. Wong, are you familiar with、uh, what other、um, facilities there are now in the, the new、um, Aberdeen market? Uh, my, like from my understanding, like apart from the、uh, recycling facility, they also have some like new public space, this kind of like a welcome public space in the market, which we seldom see in other public market at the moment. Because of what they want to do in the renovation program is actually make like the whole market experience more like clean and、uh, better. It's just add more than a market, but add more like a community hub. So what we, what I see like from the Andal Panel, so they have. Research space for recycling to soft to storage, and also they try to include some community space at the entrance, like an entrance hall, to make like as a community hub for the people to gather and learn more about their community. And I notice, I think they have a breastfeeding room as well. Yeah. And are there other other kind of facilities that are um, more um, unusual for wet market? Uh, in general, like I think, like more or less, they just try to make the market more inclusive and more welcome than the other people. So you can see also they have、uh, all kind different kind of like accessibility unisex toilet. All right, all right Mr. Wong, I'm afraid、uh, that's all we have time for today. Thanks again for joining us this、yeah. morning. That's、uh, Samuel Wong, Project Officer of Designing Hong Kong. Many thanks also to you who commented and emailed us today, and to our guest presenter Jenny Lam and producer Raphael. I'll be back with another. Edition of Back Chat tomorrow with Danny Gittings.